0: Here are our top three picks from the first week of spoilers of Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle-Earth, Magic Edition. Next on Eternal Dirtles.
1: Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman, Phil. How you doing?
0: Bro. I mean, I was not expecting Lord of the Rings to have the spiraling effect on uh, nerd card Twitter that it has had. But oh man, are... I,
1: I haven't been more active on Twitter since I don't know since I started using Twitter back in like 2008. All right, let's let's be real though.
0: I mean, Twitter sucks. Twitter is absolute. It's an absolute
1: hellfest. Yeah, sure. Shit shit. Show. It is definitely a tire fire.
0: Uh, but there are some interesting discussions that happen in the uh, magic uh, sub Twitter, if you will. Yeah, and there are a bunch of cards from Lord of the Rings that are going to be players. Like there, there's nothing that seems like yep. super egregious. Like I'm yeah, I don't think anything's and broken like
1: broken. Is going to like ruin the format. But
0: there's some there's some great role players here. There's some really good role players, and I, I you know, as we've been getting more spoilers, like I don't know Lord of the Rings nearly as closely as you do but all of you I, the the best <laughs> sets are always the the top down flavor sets like when they build a set bottom up mechanically it just never hits the same way that it does when they're just capturing a flavor and then designing to that flavor you know it, two it just two so much uh, outliers in that
1: are homelands and theros
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i homelands okay yeah 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 okay okay yeah all but right. I, yeah, I do agree runs. with
1: you. I'd rather have a flavor uh, flavor forward set than a uh, we we designed this whole set around morph cards and uh, then then try and make it a draft format. Like I, I'd rather I'd rather see like good fun story and fun magic cards that that fit narratively into into a story. Especially, I mean, like it, it's not like they were going to top down design <laughs> or bottom up design. Uh, uh, Lord of the Rings set, right? Like we uh, obviously we're coming we're we're coming from uh from story down to mechanics. Yeah, it just like doing
0: story things, you just get a bunch of strange things that otherwise nobody would ever be coming. Like we're not going to talk about it for legacy purposes, but there's a card called There and Back Again. It's a saga for three red red. The third chapter is you create Smug Smug, the dragon, a legendary six six uh, with flying and haste, and when it dies, create fourteen treasure tokens. At no point. Are you ever getting the number of fourteen <laughs> treasure tokens if you were to design this card straight up?
1: No, you know? yeah, this is not a yeah th- this is but, but like so the, the fourteen is is in reference to the thirteen doors and Bilbo Baggins uh splitting the treasure of smog uh in in fourteenths one fourteenth now, the thing though is like let's say that
0: that card wasn't designed with lord of the rings in mind right they were like we're going to build a red dragon saga it's going to create a legendary dragon cool it's going to do dragon stuff cool and then it's going to make treasures yeah dragons hoard treasures we've seen it before yeah they could pick at, at 14 treasures just come up with any number right it doesn't matter you, you, yeah. you functionally infinite mana if if at, at that point you're you're making a card but because it has the story tied to it it just is so much deeper yeah, right. So, like, cool. like yeah. the card is like the card is pretty basic. Like, the uh, chapter one, the ring tempts you, creature can't block. Chapter two, search a mountain. Chapter three, create a token. Like, it's very basic stuff. But because it's grounded in the lore, there's a backstory to the card. And so, it's just so much deeper of a card than it otherwise would be. It, it, and if you have, any type of world building for that, even if it's magic world building, like when they do top-down designs like this, it's just so much richer. It's like Kamigawa, right? When we went back to Kamigawa and we're like, oh man, this stuff is all sick because it's all throwbacks. It's all, yeah. like every card means more than it actually says because of the lore that's been ingrained into it in the story. It's like, yeah. it's a fantasy story game and these the, it puts us in the fantasy. Anyway, I'm jerking off the flavor, but uh, let's get into the <laughs> legacy cards.
1: Yeah, well, speaking of flavor, let's talk about the Council of Elrond. Uh the card that I I think is going to be the most played card from this set in, in our format in legacy is uh Council's Deliberation. Uh Phil, tell us about Council's Deliberation.
0: What's it do? So it's a one and a blue instant. It says draw card sweet and then it has a, a an ability in the graveyard that anytime you scry, if you control an island you can exile it from your graveyard to draw a card. Now, the if you control an island is flavor text. Yeah, right? Like that's just because they're on Riverdale in the story. And that's an island, right? Yeah,
1: Rivendell. What did I say? I I got there before the commenters did. Uh, Rivendell, <laughs> Riverdale Oh, is that what I said? Rivendell, uh, attended yeah, by uh, Archie and uh, and that... uh, friends. Uh, Rivendell that... is a place where elves meet. I'm <laughs> I'm
0: not. I'm not going to say that that was uh, me misspeaking. I'm going to say that's a problem with my diction.
1: You're actually, actually, what you're doing is is heralding in the uh, incoming Archie Comics uh, secret layer.
0: Wow! <laughs> that we all know wow. is coming. <laughs> I mean, at that point, like we just need some good, good Archie comics. Which leads
1: into the Punisher. I'll show everybody uh, right here the Punisher and Archie comic.
0: <laughs> so the the deal with Council's deliberation. Uh, if you want to tell the quick backstory of the lore yeah. of what this card is.
1: So this is the Council of Elrond. Uh, this is where they determine. Uh, what to do with the ring? Uh, this is after uh, Frodo has been uh, chased by the uh, Ring Race, and uh, he's been stabbed by the Morgul blade at Mount uh, Weathertop, and they got to get him to uh, to uh, Rivendell. So they get him to Rivendell. Uh, he he you know recovers because Master Elrond is a master of uh, of medicine, so he he uh, he heals the the Morgul wound to an extent. Uh, but then uh they they determine what they're going to do with the one ring from from this point on. So you've got uh the entire you've got the entire fellowship there, which is not technically yet the fellowship uh, and then you've got a couple of of uh members of the uh of the other free peoples there as well sort of uh sort of a uh you know a U-N of the uh of the Lord of the Rings universe.
0: So let's talk about where it fits in with legacy. So there were a couple of spots where this could fit in. I think all of them uh, comprise one other deck building concession, which is that in order to scry, the only legacy playable card with scry is preordain.
1: That is, I mean, that is the best one to play. I I agree. That that is the best one.
0: I literally like on the spot right now. I can't. I mean, maybe there are other scry cards, but I cannot think of any that are competitively viable. And preordain is is. Has always been the additional ponder beyond brainstorm and ponder. It's the yep. third cantrip of the top cantrips, and it shows up sometimes when people want uh, more than the first eight cantrips. So it shows up sometimes as a one or two of in Delver. It yep. shows up in all the combo decks. Uh, it's it is still a playable card. Like if you see it, it's usually signifying a certain archetype that they're playing. Like if a if a, a player goes. Turn one volcanic island cast preordain. You're probably putting them on show and tell at this point, yeah. But it's not unreasonable that they could play a dragon rage channel or the following turn,
1: yeah. Or you're uh, playing vintage, and because you can only have you're one, playing ponder,
0: one brainstorm, you're playing you're playing ponder or and sorry, you're Pre-Urdain. playing preordain, yeah. And preordains a four of in like every blue vintage yeah. Xerox list. So, council's deliberation works in that at, at upfront instant speed draw card isn't the worst. It's fine. That's, it, it's One, fine. Two it's, mana, it's, two
1: mana draw a card is, is the top of what anyone would be willing to pay for that uh, circa accumulated knowledge, right?
0: 100%. Now imagine if accumulated knowledge was, was good without needing the second copy. Yeah. That's where council of Deliberation is in my mind, because when you have AK in your deck, now AK has long since p- passed its playability and legacy. I know I try literally. Uh, like this past week on 90s mtg i had uh, accumulated knowledge of my deck like i go back and they the recently upgraded
1: that card too so that uh in the mirror it doesn't like affect your opponent they, you call they it an upgrade I, uh, that you, card. you call it an
0: upgrade i call it a downgrade if you're in the ak <laughs> mirror <a> better ak <laughs> yeah. player is going to win that game sure. but the the idea with if you have ak in your deck when you pitch a copy of ak to force will you Uh, sacrifice the power level of all of the other AKs in your deck, right? So it's like you have to take that into consideration in your blue count. But when with Council's Deliberation, Council's Deliberation does not require anything other than Preordain being in your deck, really, and it doesn't need to see other copies of uh, itself the way the AK does. So Council's Deliberation, you're always going to have an island. Like, you're never not going to have an island if you're playing Legacy, you're always going to have an island. That's Flavor Text. So this just sits in your graveyard, and when you cast Preordain, it levels up your Preordain to draw two cards. So the power level of that is there's a there's a couple of decks right now that this could slot into and just be a really solid card draw engine. The first is the shit that I like to play, right? Like tundra yeah. drago style control decks. Player preordains whatever. I'm already interested in more cantrips to begin with. You know, it's like if we were to lean towards like Mishra's bubble predict, if in that same space we could just have preordain council's deliberation and we're doing similar things.
1: Yeah, you're already rocking like 20 percent of your deck or more is or sorry 30 percent of your deck is like air to begin with right but the cool thing about this card is that
0: you can also just use this as uh fodder into your graveyard like you can play any amount of stuff that just puts card into your graveyard and then level up your pre afterwards without having to cast this on the front half so if you're playing blue red delver right and you're playing the preordains instead you could just surveil this to the yard off your drc yep. and the value is there there's a card just sitting in your graveyard waiting to go there. Additionally, that literally Red,
1: surveil. Surveil is worth a card exactly at that point.
0: <laughs> at that at that point, you're yeah. just dumping a card that for for later is going to be good. The other upside in Blue Red Delver is if you play Priorit in with this and exile it from your yard, it incidentally grows your onboard Merc tide because it is an instant or sorcerer that's leaving your graveyard. Yeah. So that's that's also irrelevant. Like it, it's little nickel and diming, but it, it it is levels up in ways that it gives you the card advantage that you are looking for in Blue Red Delver. Although it's funny, we're, the next card we talk about, I think, is actually going to overhaul the the archetype anyway, yeah. uh, in a way, so that this won't actually see the light of day.
1: But uh, <laughs> for what it's worth, I mean, games are won and lost on these margins in Legacy. So, uh, so you know, growing your Merc Tide by plus one is is oftentimes an like a, a weird little thing that just like gets you there or makes it one less turn that your opponent gets to stay stay in the game.
0: Well, the thing is, too, in the mirror, it's like if you you can grow your Merc Tides bigger than your opposing Merc Tides, if you're the one playing council's deliberation and they're not, right? Yeah, like that sort of thing matters too. Um, there, there's also the world where like you can you can cast this plus preordain in the same turn to grow your Merc Tide to get in for a bigger like in those turns where you go Merc Tide into Merc Tide to grow your Merc Tide to get in for more damage unexpectedly. Like there there's all there's those kinds of uh, lines as well. For any other uh, effect, like. I was thinking what other decks would be able to like dump this stuff to the yard without casting it straight up. And one that came to mind was all of the DAC fade in decks that of course sort of fallen off the face of the earth. This is another card that like, if you don't want to stretch your mana to the point where you're just constantly at the mercy of your opponent uh, and whether or not they disrupt your mana and your colors in any meaningful way, this is another card that you can dump off of your DAC or dump off of uh, uh, any of your uh, discard effects that just offers you value from the graveyard without necessarily like hindering your base colors of Grixis, right? The way that like Uro stretches you into green really heavily in a way that's not necessarily advantageous or in a way that your deck otherwise couldn't have, uh, it's not helping your deck in a way that you're like, you were soft to, you're already good at dealing with creatures. Uh, well, so I think Gouds' deliberation is like the, the, a very good role player uncommon that's going to level up this card advantage spot that's sort of glaring now that, expressive iteration is gone like you have the option of predict which i still think is playable uh ak i think is not playable and then that's kind of it at two right like unless you're doing some sort of combo shenanigans just raw cards that's kind of it
1: one of the things i wanted to talk about with this card is is the concept of timing and math with this card um if you're playing uh accumulated knowledge is a perfect example you have Three other ways to get that extra card off of off of uh, accumulated knowledge, right? Like there are three other accumulated knowledges in your deck. With council deliberation, if you're only playing the four preordains, that is a 25% increase in cards that will trigger that extra card for you. So there th- there's already an advantage there to to that so few games with accumulated knowledge like do you draw like a third card off of accumulated do you cast your like third accumulated knowledge and draw like three of cards off of it I I, I
0: I can tell you from experience that like the the uh, ak on average when it's good is just two mana draw two mm-hmm. like it's just be two mana draw two like when you're doing that you're probably in good shape right yeah it's like it's always the first one that feels anemic and sucks because you know that in order to cash it in later you need to spend first you need to find another copy and then spend another two mana yeah, yeah. exactly
1: So that's the other thing is the the math on this is the second card is technically free. Like you were going to cast that preordain anyways. Uh, So uh, when you draw that second card, after you scry two and draw a card, then you get the trigger here and you draw another card. So the the one, the selection you're already getting off the preordain is sort of doubled. uh, Especially if you're putting something on the bottom, you're basically getting to see that much deeper into your deck. So that's, that's good all by itself. And it just, it doesn't matter when you cast, like you can hold your preordain, I guess, to like get value out of like a uh, council's judgment that you don't know is approaching. But like, if your turn one play is preordain, that's fine. And then you draw a council's judgment or you had one in your hand later. Uh, you, you know, you can rifle that off. And then like later on down the game, you're going to you're going to see another preordain or not like you might not but like more likely you're going to see another preordain because there's so much air in your deck already um that that second one especially if you cast multiple uh council's judgment that second one's going to net you all the value that you lost yeah. you know council's yeah, they, deliberation sorry council's yeah. deliberation so, not council's
0: so judgment key things that you marked there are multiple copies of council's deliberation in your yard will trigger off the same preordain that's yeah. valuable right yeah The other thing now, let's just talk about raw cards that you actually look at when this goes off. Now, compared to Expressive Iteration, right, which was Mm -hmm. just banned. Three cards. Expressive expressive Iteration, you you get to look at three cards, and you get the two best cards in the scenario that you're in, right, for two mana. Now, that's also blue and red. And there were decks that literally stretched their mana bases just for red. Like yep. the, the four color control decks, they stretch for red to play Expressive iteration and Minskin Boo, but they had to stretch harder into red because uh Expressive iteration was part of their mid-game build plan in order to get to the end game of Minskin Boo. So it's not like if like if they right now the four-color decks they play like staff of the storyteller, so their base uh bant splashing red, right? Yeah, and they're and playing the red,
1: like uh plateaus
0: and stuff. The red splash is yeah. for Minskin boo and then sideboard cards. but in in the when they sit down in the dark, they know that they don't need red until they're minsking, right? Yeah. So they can they can just play a, a much cleaner mana base like in in terms of like setting up and not getting cut off their colors because you don't have to fetch red early and then you can get cut off of a yeah. color, you know what I'm saying? Because if you're trying to get your first three land drops, you can do your spread to make sure that no color can get cut. Whereas if you have to go into four colors, you can't unless you're playing one of the tri-lands.
1: Yeah. So- Especially because like your your ideal turn 3 is like, you know, is nothing bad is happening on your opponent's side of the board and you cast Expressive Iteration. So you're already stretching your mana base really early in the game. So this allows you to not have to do that. The, the the point that I want to
0: get back to about comparing this to expressive iteration, which I actually think is a pretty apt uh, correlation, is expressive iteration: two mana, draw three. Look, take the uh, look at the top three, take the best two, right? Yeah. Councils deliberation on the front half is only draw one, but then a preordain that you would cast otherwise anyway. That's the the only concession is that you have to play preordain. But when you play that preordain, you get to exile this and draw a card. But the scry triggers. After you resolve the preordain, like this, the Council Deliberation yeah. triggers after you resolve the preordain. So you get to scry first and then exile this to draw the second card. So yeah. if you think about, okay, I get to scry two, if I put both to the bottom, I look at the third card down and the fourth card down, which yeah. is predatory iteration doesn't do. And in the event that I do want to keep one off the preordain, so I scry one to the top, leave one on the, uh, uh, and put one to the bottom, I get to draw the card that I wanted off of preordain, and then get a second card underneath, uh, below the card that I didn't want off of the council of deliberation. So in terms of selection, the yeah. combination between deliberation and preordain, both of which are cards that aren't asking for too much in terms of your deck building considerations, is pretty comparable to. Yeah. to I want to interrupt iteration.
1: you with with one point too, because there are going to be naysayers out there that say, "Yeah, but you cast expressive iteration." And it's one card. You didn't like have to build anything together with it, but the, uh, the the opportunity cost there is so is so low in comparison. Not to mention the other point that I wanted to make about this card is is the fact that nobody counters a, like one half of a thing twice.
0: There, th- this is insulated against counter magic. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second. The, the The other point that I want to make about the selection, comparable to expressive iteration, though, is there's. Two big points. One, expressive iteration is banned. It was one of the best. You'll get dq for playing that card. (laughs) Yeah. So so, so, like, let's not like get in the weeds like it's it's not, you know, it's not exactly expressive. It's not quite. Yeah, obviously it's banned. But like, this is, this is, I feel pretty close given A, it's an instant. And B, if you get your expressive iteration pierced or flustered or whatever, nobody is trying to trade. They're counter magic for the front half of this thing twice when it's just going to sit in the yard and then be there for another card anyway. Exactly. Pretty insulated against counter magic. It's at instant speed. And paired with preordained, it does pretty good imitation of selection in terms of card quality, the same way that expressive iteration would. Now, the additional part of that is expressive iteration also meant that there were some times where expressive wouldn't necessarily net you the two cards that you wanted, or the timing of the card wasn't as optimal unless you were specifically looking for your land drop. maybe this you point. drew maybe
1: you drew three dazes and you're like i don't need these
0: there i, I how yeah. many times have like yes obviously express of was great but the, like we've all had the times where both we casting it and our opponents casting it have just put a card to exile because they either whiffed on the land that they were looking for or they found spells that didn't line up with the board state that they yeah. were currently configured in so like the the pros and cons like you know we could talk for hours about them but Councils of deliberation plus specifically Preordain is really close like yeah. it's really close. Like this is the card that I'm most excited about. Like I have my preordains ready to go. Like I'm I'm going to get yeah. I, need to, I need to I need
1: to get up- I need to like get some better looking preordains. They've got those uh, I'll put it up here. They've got those uh, sweet old, old bordered ones from the Urza and Mishra decks. Like I I'm in. I need to go I get use, those. I
0: I have all, an altered set of, of the Venser preordains. <laughs> so of the the, you know. the old Venser Priordains right yeah. I, I think those are sweet. So the the, the only thing I'm hoping for with Council's Deliberation at this point is I'm I'm I am sold that it is good and that it yeah. is legacy playable and that it will be uh, a role player in the types of decks that people are looking for raw cards. in yeah. in the in, uh, Particularly if the format is conducive to allowing for the time to draw cards, right? Like if we're in a very combo-centric metagame, like you may not have time to do this. But in the of world course. that I think we're going in, where a lot of the cards in this particular set are leveling up decks that I think are going to be conducive to raw cards actually being really valuable. And this card i i the only thing i hope for with council stabilization at this point is that we get some sweet alt art that like every other card <laughs> seems to be getting in the set so i don't have to play with you know i could i could uh, come up with some, some
1: ideas for you to get this altered though that's for sure
0: I mean, if I get it altered, it's just going to be like an extension of the of the thing. But like, yeah, sure. I, I mean, hopefully we get like these. You know, they have like these sweet altered, you know, all art whatever for every single card, even the uncommons and commons. So like, yeah. hopefully they just do that for that too, and we you know we get to see it. But Council of Deliberation is sweet. It's an uncommon pick up your set. It's going to be a legacy staple. Final uh, note: you know. the
1: only real drawback is you you kind of in the decks that you don't need all that air, you do have to not play ponder. I don't think that you don't have to not play really ponder, true. but like in in decks that you don't need, like. 12 plus uh, air cards, because you're going to play Brainstorm, obviously, right? You're obviously playing Brainstorm. Yeah, so for me, for the decks that I play, I don't want 16 draw a card cards in my deck. I probably want 12. Uh, so that, yeah. you know, it's going to be more on that. The
0: thing that I think is interesting about Council's Deliberation is that like at de facto at face value, when we don't think too deeply, the first thing that we conclude is like, oh, you got to play four Preordain when you're playing Council's Deliberation and yeah. therefore that has to come at the cost of playing ponder and i'm also thinking to myself i'm like bro you can just play counts St- like for me i mean i'm i'm maybe i'm thinking through a different lens cuz i like instant speed card draw for miracles yeah. but like if i'm looking at this card if i cast two copies of this in a game if at any point i find a single preordain that preordain has leveled up substantially, right? Yeah. If I if I have two of these sitting in my graveyard and I cast a preordain, that's ancestral recall. That is, right?
1: you just built you got ancestral
0: recall at home. But that's why I don't think it's necessarily like, oh yeah, you have to play for preordain. Yeah. You could play just some number of additional preordain on top of your brainstorms and. Uh, ponders on top of council's deliberation. And then when you find the preordain, which you want to cast after a council's deliberation anyway to cash it in, like yeah. maybe you actually only do want two or three because you want to count the, the council's deliberation in the yard first to, to get the huge payoff. And then even if you only have one or two, if you're playing some number of snapcaster, you can snap cast the, the preordain back and then that will again trigger the council's judgment still yeah. in the yard. Like there's a lot of, of layers to think about beyond just, oh, I have to play four. Therefore, that means that ponder has to get the cut. I don't think that's true. I think yeah. that like, there's a lot of tuning that can happen, and Council's deliberation is strong enough on its own as long as you have some number of preordained somewhere in your list that it's it's a powerful enough payoff in the two drop slot.
1: Well, this is, I think, only the beginning of our deliberation on council deliberation. Uh... I think the card is so sweet. It's yeah. so cool.
0: So, anytime we get any, addi- like now, it's like if this is playable, anything that said any cheap thing that says scribe from now on with an incidental effect, like that's the one thing too. It's like pre is the only most is the only one that's legacy playable right now. But if we get, you know, uh, uh, make a one, one uh, with some kind of effect that's valuable or like, yeah. you know, ping a thing scry to or whatever, like incidental scry with this, meaning that everything that has scry could also mean draw card is tacked on is really that like, I'm going to be looking at those cards now in a way that I never did before.
1: Yeah. Well, so with with that said, let's talk about our second card that uh that is uh beginning to make waves in the Twitter sphere, uh Orcish Bowmasters.
0: Yeah, you and I are on uh, a little bit of opposite ends of the the spectrum here. We both agree that it's legacy playable, but you think it's a role player and I think it is
1: uh format overhauling. I mean, I I think it definitely looks like it has legs and on my first read I read to player it is to any target so that does change my my calculus a little bit for it but I so still think w- let's,
0: let's just tell people what it is for people who yeah. haven't seen it yet I'm sure you have but like just in case it's a it's a 1-1 one, one for one in a black with flash uh when it ETBs or whenever a, uh, an opponent draws their first draws a card outside of the one in their draw step
1: you ping something and create an army Uh, you amass orcs one that you know what that adds so much to it that i wasn't even like putting putting into my head when it enters the battlefield it does this yes that's wild i you know what like again like i i still think it's only going to be a role player but this card just keeps getting better every time i read it think about it like this okay let's think about
0: so i've seen people saying that this is just going to make delver be grixis delver like de facto grixis delver Mm-hmm. this is a combo card like you can you do this with your echo of eons and your opponent draws uh seven cards so you ping them for you you dome them for seven make put eight power make on the table seven, seven. yeah yeah this, this this is this is like this is the legacy rate shieldred and shieldred's already playable yeah uh so tell me a matchup let's say you're let's say just de facto right before before we dive in too deep on like you know archetypes that this could spawn. You just slot this in and the two drop stop. You are now Grixis Delver. Yep. What matchups don't you want this in? I think you don't want it against uh eight cast. What are you talking about? What? Because that's of my a, draw that's... twos?
1: The draw twos are fine. It doesn't make it doesn't make any difference. What,
0: draw twos. Me. It's out it's whenever you draw a card outside of the draw step. Every single bauble, dome you for one, amass one. Okay. Hit all of your thopters. Okay. Hit your
1: for, you for what two, with, you as cards. as a as a player of that deck. I generally don't use my bobbles that often to to draw cards. Like the bobbles are there for for uh, metalcraft and to improvise, and occasionally, like I'll use them to draw cards. But most games end with me having the bobble still sitting on the board, doing you know basically just bring down the cost of my other cards. Now, dude, I'm w- will it get the my fucking thought- aggro deck, bro. get me? Yes, Thoughtcast is going to get me. Will uh, I just feel like this card isn't fast enough? For uh for eight cast. It's it's there, it does it does a little bit of work, it's gonna create some blockers, but I don't think it's doing enough against eight cast. And, and prove me wrong, please.
0: Dude, I I, I can't believe that this is th- that your take is that it's not good against eight cast. Think
1: one by I think itself. It's fine. Is already like ta-
0: I just wouldn't like be like, oh, eight cast, I got them, you know. One one of these by itself is gonna tax all of those cards in a way that you're gonna be punking the life total incidentally, that mm-hmm. now they only have to care about uh making sure that a shadow spear doesn't connect which yeah. you know there, and there's there's a whole nother card that like we, you know we weren't planning on talking about it but it's a it's a quick one we could talk about it later it's called casting of the fire but this is at, at first rate it's it, all the cards that you draw against a cast plus being able to ping thopters or take down an, an additional emery additional bodies to get into combat to like chump constructs while you do like and then uh yeah. you keep amassing again to make more bodies yeah. this in multiples pinging twice keeping Multiple everything else is, is
1: is is a problem obviously you need like, to counter those <laughs> I, I, was, I was talking i was i
0: was talking about this <clears throat> i i think it was it was one of the discords that i'm in but i forgot what exactly which one the people were like yeah you know it's good it's not great against the non-blue decks and i was like not good against the non-blue decks have you read this card you play this against elves by itself before they do anything it shoots down an elf makes additional bodies and they can't glimpse you yeah. wanna play against you wanna play against the green deck? This thing is gonna punish the oh yeah, it's amazing against elves.
1: I would never I would it's, never say that this is not gonna get It's, good it's, against it's elves. amazing
0: against elves. It's gonna punish the people Sylvan libraries. It's gonna be it, it against endurance. It means that your bolt plus this thing pinging it for one gets to trade at parity plus board advantage at instant speed. You wanna play against combo? Nice grizzlebrand, brand, idiot. Flash yeah. this shit in. Take a bajillion, make an eight eight. Like yeah. this and is kill your
1: ins- grizzlebrand, brand, probably you know like it's good against
0: yeah. everything dude like oh did you take half of your life total off of a fucking doomsday flash this in nice cantrips that you're trying to go off for free doming you all the way down to fucking zero idiot like this card is good against everything it's good against yeah. every deck it's good against I, every playable I'm, deck except I for like am, maybe
1: initiative i'm swayed from from being here on it to to now being closer to you about here on it i i still think that uh i i still I, like look i would if i was gonna play grixis i would play this if i i might throw this into uh like what do i take out of death shadow to to add this in right like do i do it, i want to play less murktides i don't think so no no you're not gonna
0: play murktides Merc- <laughs> still insane but like yeah. also this against pl- any planeswalker flash this yeah. in ping your narset that well that throws off the numbers play this okay what's your teferi gonna do i have two bodies on the table you're gonna bounce one draw and then kill itself yeah or you're going to bounce the thing and then still have the one, one on the table. We're going to get to a point
1: where in, in a year, in, in like a year's time, this card's going to get banned because every deck in the format is playing it and it's just like whoever can resolve the second one wins. Here, here's the thing. The, yeah, <laughs> this, the, the battles
0: of like this, of, of yeah, me, I'll, I'll, you play your Bumble Masters, I'll play mine, ping yours. Like, yeah. yes, that will, that will be a relevant thing. I, I can't tell, I can't stress enough when people start playing this card, how many triggers people are going to miss like you're just not going to you're just not going to realize how frequently this thing will trigger to ping something and then and then either build your body or make a body like it is awesome
1: like i think this is one of the few times where the amass situation is actually good creating a bigger creature as opposed to more creatures is actually better here
0: it does both what i'm saying is
1: is is a mass just adds to the same thing. Yes. It goes tall instead of going wide. Like it doesn't create like another orc, you know, it just creates one bigger orc. Yes. It's not um, a young pyromancer. So yeah. I, I like that here because the, the, the fact that this card exists means that your opponent would just play it, kill the, kill yours and, and like go, go, you know, keep going like that. Or, you know, eventually they would, they would have, you know, they would basically have like air superiority against you and just like kind of ping off all of your guys. As opposed to, uh, uh, eventually both of these get so big, the orc armies that like they can't be shot down by the by the other bowmaster.
0: Yeah, the there's also the in- incidental value in certain positional advantages, right? Your opponent plays a Minsk, they try and plus on their boo, you flash in, kill their boo, have two bodies, like that. Th- those types of incremental advantages. The, yeah. I, I this this card to me is the it is pre-selling now for 40 bucks for a reason. It is it is the mini shield red, it will see play everywhere, and it will be good against things that you are not thinking about right now.
1: At least in, it's rare. In, <laughs> it's not mythic. Like, so you know, like, the,
0: the, the other side of this too is that like everybody was like, Oh man, this is the death of Delver. People are gonna play this, shoot down your one, no, gonna your, play your, this your one man thing, make another thing. It's gonna be played <clears throat> in Delver. But what, what's what, what? This is the <clears throat> this card is good in both in both fair decks and combo decks because you can just play this in your wheel deck and dome your opponent and make and and just put lethal on the table. Yeah. But the value of this card making the body next to it larger, but the effect that matters is on the one one. So you want to point your removal at the one one, but then you're going to be leaving a body behind, and then that body can grow bigger. So you can also get into positions where. If you have multiple in a game going long, you're going to have positions in combat where it's like, okay, I have the the orc army uh, attack. You block, flash in, ping your thing, make my guy bigger, b- kill that thing. Like, th- yeah. th- this it's like is it's good every... combat
1: trick too. Especially if your opponent it's decides its own they combat need to trick. during during uh combat that they need to get brainstorm or something, and you're like, ha-ha, you know the the, the levels and the
0: amount of positional play that this card offers on top of just being good on rate at instant speed in both combo and fair like this card is
1: nonsensically good i i like it i, I i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you you swayed me this card is good like it's not <laughs> is it better this, than Council's this, deliberation i don't think so <laughs> i think Council's deliberation think is exactly a role is, player yeah. i think
0: Council deliberation is a role player. Nobody's yeah. really going to change their play patterns to uh, around council deliberation. You're going to have to play differently with orcus yeah. bowmasters in the format. Like, no, I agree. Bowmasters... After, after
1: discussing this with you, I think I think you're 100 correct. Bowmasters is going to be the
0: cause of people winning and losing a lot of games based on how they timed it and how you time your spells around a bowmaster. Yeah. And if your opponent plays a bowmaster and puts it on a stack, and you get to respond to it and then not grow their thing, that will matter. Like. Yeah. There, there's there's a lot of positional play to this card in in you know i think we're only grazing the tip of the iceberg i think this card should 100 percent be a four of in your collection because it will be in a lot of different decks and mm-hmm. if anything it'll be good in like um i mean i get that like plague engineer has been the spot for you know dealing with x ones and a lot of things but like you're just gonna play this why would you not just play you know the number of this and then kill the one ones that you care about while also having a body that also hoses a bunch of other you know like, I don't know. You're not. You're, you're like, you, th- this just being good. Like, this is the type of thing where it's like, if this is popular enough, I could see people moving away from Grizzlebrand and Reanimator. Wow. Because they're just like, if it's if, if they don't it. have
1: removal, they just can't Grizzlebrand. Right? They'll all be playing uh, Atraxa, and and our prophecy will will have come true. It's it, it's it's
0: <laughs> one of those things where like at the end of the day, you're probably still playing Grizzlebrand because it's good enough. But because this is the first time we've seen this kind of effect at two. It's either yeah. on Holbreacher or Narset or like the the punishing stuff at. We're not for punishing draws cards cards for this, yeah. Even even a, opposition
1: agent, yeah. This is oh, this is the cheapest <clears> it's <throat> ever been, and yeah. and and there, it's like, one like, in the it's, black. It's not like two black, like Dothy Voidwalker or anything. Like this right. is this is very splashable. You're right. But but like if you're if you're a reanimated player and you're like, oh okay, if this is going to show up in a
0: bunch of top tier decks that are just going to move into black to play this card, if I'm on the draw, right, if. I, either I have to grief that shit out of their hand, yeah, or I can't get Grizzlebrand if I go in Tomb, untap, reanimate, and they have two mana up. Yeah, what do I do? Either I discard it, in which case I'm I, the game is slowed down, and so they're, they're, they'll have more looks at counter magic, or I just can't go for Grizzlebrand. I have to go for
1: something else. Yeah. Well, uh, that brings us, I think, to our third card.
0: Yeah, our third card is, I think, the most boring of the three in terms of like. What it's going to do. Uh it's obviously going to be good. It's delighted halfling. It's green for a one-two mana dork. It says tap add colorless or tap add one mana of any color. Spend that mana only to cast a legendary spell. And that uh spell is uncounterable.
1: Uh yeah, I mean it's one so of those it's things a Cavern of Souls can... for uh for legends.
0: It's a Cavern of Souls. You're gonna play this, you're gonna play your Teferi or Narset on turn two, it's gonna be uncounterable, <laughs> and that's just gonna be it. And, and that's about the extent of the card. Like, I don't I don't think this card like this card's powerful because that line is powerful. Yeah. But I don't think it's doing anything particularly I, interesting.
1: Do you think the thing that is interesting that it's doing is making days not, not as playable? No, because it's it's like council's Deliberation
0: and Orcus Bowmasters, I think, are fun designs that are going to make their way into the format because we just spent how long did we spend talking about those minutes. cards? Yeah. 44 minutes in ways where we're like, Think about this idea and this idea and all the ways that this could work. And the, like, it, like the threads of how those cards could be powerful in the format in ways that are unique and interesting and for stuff that we actively want is super compelling. Yeah. Where this this is a one-two that makes your shit uncounterable and it's like, yep, I'm, this is going to exacerbate the die roll even further. And it's like, okay, yeah, if I'm on the play, I'm going to play course. this. I'm going to play my uncounterable three drop that's going to snowball advantage and like, or I'm just going to play like my Minsk and Boo a turn earlier uncounterable and just like not care. And it's like, Okay, we're just siloed again and it's uninteresting. Like it doesn't yeah. do anything interesting this card. So I it's think, it's powerful, but I think it's not doing any it's not doing anything fun.
1: Going back to the to the Orcish Bowmasters thing what you were talking about before, it's actually interesting that the second co- the second copy of this is is actually the preferred copy, right? Like there's a rare chance that uh you know, your opponent's going to have his second copy to play against you, but like the person who plays their the, the second one of the game is going to be in a much more advantageous position than the person who plays the first one.
0: It depends. Like I and it like that. The...
1: As far as exacerbating the die roll is concerned, that's kind of what where I'm talking about is like this is well, the... this is a slightly different situation.
0: Yeah, I think the difference though is that like Orcish Bowmasters could be good on turn two against uh you know dealing with their one one or catching like you know their ponder on the on the play, but it's not necessarily like oh I have to play it immediately for it to be good you can yeah. just not play it. you can sandbag and wait until you, can you can hold it and wait for a
1: brainstorm yeah yeah.
0: You, you can wait for a brainstorm you can like what we were talking about of the positional advantages that you get in combat by like yeah. adding a ping to something and then getting up getting another block or whatever like uh you know stacking your your damage based removal like a bolt on top of the ping like those types of things matter there there are there are so many situations where the timing of a bow masters and how you decide to point the damage and how your opponent plays around it if they're thinking about it is super compelling like yeah. the, the 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 replayability on orca's bowmasters and all the variety of different ways that it's going to like influence a game and influence play is is really fun
1: yeah
0: your your and, delighted and halfling yeah, on turn delighted four, halfling is not fun fun. <laughs> no your, your, your delighted halfling is good exactly on turn 1 and exactly yeah. when it makes an uncounterable snowball the following turn that's yeah. it like it does nothing else it is it is it is a like delighted halfling is boring and dumb and it's powerful, but it's in my mind. You have these two, uh, these two, I mean, I, not, not necessarily masterpieces, but like two incredibly interesting, thoughtful designs. Yeah. For Legacy in terms of Council's Deliberation and Orcish Bowmasters. And then this hand fisted piece of shit, Delighted Halfling. <laughs>
1: yeah. I agree. Like it is so vast
0: in terms of like the yeah. quality of design between the three cards that we've talked about versus like, the two, first two versus delighted halfling. Delighted halfling is trash, absolute yeah. trash. And the people who are like, "Yeah, let's throw this in the file,"
1: be ashamed. And the other two he, though, raises, yeah. raises. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, so this is only three of the cards, and we're gonna have the full set spoiler when we do that. But I wanted to make sure that we didn't go through everything in one in one go. I want I want to like have a legit like sit down. Maybe we'll invite somebody on for for the for the actual spoiler, but we're all, we're just a little over halfway through the set as far as cards have been spoiled, and we've only this has been like what four days, three days since uh, and, the spoilers and, have begun. So I'm 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 super hyped.
0: And these are just cards that are like main deckable players in Legacy. This is even talking about the cards that are just levels up in terms of sideboard options. Like, yeah. real quick, because there isn't really much to talk about other than that it's an upgrade and what the format was looking for. Cast into the fire, one in a red for an instant. It's choose one. It's a forked bolt or exile an artifact. Exile an artifact. Exile an artifact. Like, we were just talking about how Orcish Bowmaster is going to level up Delver in a bunch of ways. Guess what? Having your. Uh, Forked Bowl at instant speed, which is a card Delver has already played against shit like Elves previously in the past, but also yeah. exile your Cauldra, exile your fucking uh, Chalice of the Void so your Emery can't rebuy it or just kill the Emery. Like, that the, that card is hot. That card's going to show yeah. up at sideboards. Like, that's just an upgrade. There's not much more to talk about it beyond that. It's just And, and, and all- like,
1: look, in the future you're going to see this and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, and it also gets rid of my opponents with the One Ring. And it gets rid of the one ring, which is why, <laughs> the, the, I why mean, that's exists. why, it, that's
0: why like exile into the fire, like it, it, flavorfully, it needs to deal with the one ring and the one <laughs> ring is indestructible. So this is exile. So like, that's why it's there. But, yeah. Like, Cause when we're yeah, talking
1: about the menace that the one ring becomes in the format, we're going to have to, we're going to have to play this The, card, the, right? the, the one ring is going to be format
0: overhauling in itself, but yeah. like Orcus Bowmasters as another way to punish that on top of it. Like I was talking about how the one ring is going to overhaul the format in ways that people are not expecting. The card is obscenely broken. But like they, they have, they they recognized how like this is the thing. They definitely saw how broken the One Ring actually is by playing it a single time. Literally, anybody <laughs> who has <laughs> one guy the, played it one time. anybody anybody who hasn't proxied uh, the One Ring <laughs> once, literally sleeve it up, goldfish it one time, one game, cast it once, and you'll yeah. realize how degenerate that card is. It is obscene. But like you can tell how yeah. much they respected how broken they made that card because casting the Fire deals with it, or because yep. Bowmasters punishes it. Like they, 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 have implanted a bunch of stuff to make sure that there are there are. They don't want the limited format card.
1: to just be I opened the One Ring and beat everybody to death. You know, <laughs> seriously though, like please
0: sleeve up the One Ring once. Just sleeve it up yeah. once, play it once, recognize how broken that card is. Yeah, but like it is nice to see that there there is ways to move it. Like White already has checks a bunch and balances. Checks and yeah. balances. Yeah, green has some shuffle uh, shuffle effects for that stuff, but they're they have given red
1: and black wins. Unraveled the that card aether. Well. Yeah, Unravel that's the, the card aether. you're talking about. Unravel the aether.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the like white has you know, like I mean, you know, there's shit like council's judgment and unexpectedly absent. And I get those cards suck, but like you know, we've reached into the stuff. We reached into that shit before for yeah. you know difficult problematic permanence. But blue also has counter magic to, to to fight over that sort of thing. Whereas like the other colors don't necessarily. But yeah, I mean, th- this set so far in terms of like I think. What we have seen so far is this feels like the return to uh, the days where not every powerful card just like bludgeoned the format in a way that like made it worse. You know, like War of the Spark made it worse.
1: Uro well, made it worse. What What is the main difference between this and every other magic set? No planeswalkers. No bro. planeswalkers, of course.
0: But yeah, I, no like, planeswalkers. Th- th- this is also the thing where we're like the entire set that they've spoiled so far, has, or so far. I mean, we've only seen half, but what they have spoiled so far, everything is awesome. Every single card, yeah. even the not legacy playables, are awesome. And then there are there's like five or six like good legacy playables so far, and the only one that like. One ring is degenerate and broken. It's going to get banned with in vintage, or banned, restricted in vintage within six months. The other cards are good. Delighted halflings, a piece of shit, but it's still playable. And the set is exciting.
1: Yeah. Jeff's guess. Yeah. Anyhow, I think that does it for us. Uh, you know, uh, if you found any value here, you know, you know, do all the things. Uh, comment below uh, if if there's any cards that you think that we should definitely be highlighting when we do the spoiler, because uh, I want to write all those down. And uh have have you know have my thoughts together beforehand uh for that sort of stuff. Um, you know, uh that that's kind of it for us this week. Uh thanks so much for watching and uh we'll catch you next week. come on down,
0: come on down the next Come on down,